Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey. I am so sick of you right now. You make me want to puke. I mean, honestly, I want to puke right on this microphone. Judd Zolgad. I think you're clueless. I think you're entirely clueless. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Pepper's great uh, coaching uh, uh, speeches, you know, uh, great in quotes. Um, I don't think anything will top uh, Leslie Frazier's one where we get in there. Uh, guys, we think the roof of the dome might fall in, but we'll let you know as it goes on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Brian Longwell on with us yesterday. Like, if I'm a player, I'm wondering, is it going to collapse while we're playing? What What does that mean? Luckily, it didn't. It collapsed sometime uh, late at night the night before. Yeah, so that that was the, the – we got the huge snowstorm on the Saturday, and I got a tip that there was, was leaking from the dome roof, and I checked with a Viking source, and they're like, it's no big deal. Don't, you know, don't concern yourself with it. And then, but I guess they were telling the players it was just gushing in. Oh my gosh. How, how about that, though? Your franchise, which had gone to the NFC title game the year before, is going through a season in which the head coach managed to get himself fired that year. And now you're faced with a predicament where the team has to get up there and basically say, We're not quite sure how this is all going to go down because our roof is probably going to collapse. Yeah. What a. Although, man. although it was the single greatest thing to ever happen to this franchise because that roof collapsing was the death knell. There should be a 30 for 30 on the 2010 Vikings. Oh, yeah. The 2010 Vikings, just the everything that could go wrong uh, went wrong. So Ryan Longwell was on with us yesterday. Full interview. It was about 20, 21 minutes. You can find it from uh, yesterday's podcast. Let me think here. Beginning of hour four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that. So it was noon yesterday. 1500ESPN.com. Here's Longwell describing the sideline chaos at the end of regulation, 2009 NFC Championship game, before 12 men in the huddle. Longwell was getting ready for a long field goal that could send the Vikings to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I know Chili and Bev um, each had, you know, kind of called different things. And, and uh, um, you know, it was different formations, which includes different, you know, whether, um, you know, the fullbacks in the game or not. And, and then, uh, you know, I was so far down the field the other way getting ready to go kick. Um that uh, I just saw, you know, you can kind of see communication from afar, even though you don't need to hear it. And I just saw between them and um, even, you know, talking to Murph, um, you know, my special teams coach, Brian Murphy, and, and he was telling them we're still okay, we're still in range, you know, just, just let's not go backwards any further, you know. Um, and uh, so you could kind of tell that it was uh, a little more scramble mode after that than it had been on that drive previously. Yeah, and then Sage Rosenfels filled in the gaps for us today at, at 9.30, which you can also find on demand later on, and said, yeah, it was 
it wasn't two plays being called. It was it was a play that we wanted a different personnel grouping for than we had usually run. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of miscommunication. And it was supposed to be, instead of having a fullback, Tahi, in the game, you were going to have a third wide receiver. And so Barian was going to be on the field or Harvin or whoever they wanted on the field. And there was miscommunication. And all of them wound up being in the huddle. That's why calm helps. Uh, yeah. It's why it's why staying calm helps. There, there was I, I was told after the fact too that Brad by that point Childress was just apoplectic, like he was going crazy, like he was just yelling, and there was just the whole sideline was absolute chaos by that point. God. And so then the question is, and we have this for for this year's team too, if you've got a window to cash in and you have a chance to win a championship, and you come up short, and hopefully this Vikings team can uh, can pay off a half century of teams falling short, but if that happens. How likely is it that you can come back the next year and just pick up the ball and keep going? And Longwell said this. You cannot put the same pieces together and expect the same result. There, there's no doubt in this league. I mean, you just look at, uh, you know, what we did to get Brett back, and, and it just wasn't the same, you know. And then, you know, one key guy here or there, one key injury here or there, or even, you know, a touch of complacency sets in that, ah, we got the pieces back together. Um, you know, and it's a totally different animal. I mean, you know, not to mention the other guys, but you look at what happened the second Aaron Rodgers went down, you know, with that uh, that game in Minnesota. You know, I mean, that changed the entire flow, not only of that game, but of their the Packers' rest of the season. And so, you know, you lose the wrong key guy or you just assume that you can plug and play, you know, we'll lose this guy, we'll put another guy in. Um, that's why it's so, so important to not worry about, you know, history or the jinxes or all that stuff. It's so so important to take advantage while you have a chance. Yeah, and the and for that team more than this team, they had a bunch of aging guys. This team, the aging guys on this team, um, I don't know, maybe Joe Berger is aging and Brian Robinson, but you don't have guys who are like thirty two, thirty three in bulk, ready to to move on to the next chapter. And I, I think forty. I think once uh, that those guys went down uh, uh, south to get far out of retirement again in two thousand ten. I think when Brett came back. That gave them, in that case, every starter back. And at that time, we thought, oh, that's great. That's cool. But if you think about it, you really don't want that. Like, you want your key core starters back. I get that. But when you're saying we're returning every single player, you want to be start starting to replace older guys. Or or certainly, if you bring every starter back, you're not, you're not bringing back great players across the board, the whole thing. So I think our assumption that, oh, it's great, all uh, all 22 guys are back, was a little bit misguided. You want to replace some of them. There's something about football, too. It's just, I saw a nugget about the Falcons during their their wild card weekend playoff game that it's been 40-plus years, or maybe even longer than that, maybe even like the early 1970s, since a team lost the Super Bowl and then bounced back to win the Super Bowl the next year. It doesn't happen. Nope. When you lose the Super Bowl, or in this case, we're talking about NFC Championship heartbreak, there's just something about that sport and the emotion and the energy and the focus it takes to get a locker room of 53 guys and all those coaches mm-hmm. moving in the right way to get to that point. And if you don't cash in, there's this incredible letdown that just doesn't exist in other sports, it seems like. I mean, baseball teams, whatever. All right. Well, we got outpitched. Let's just come back the next year with a better ace starting pitcher. Um, and, and maybe even in the NBA. Well, I know we got beat by the Warriors, but we still have LeBron James, and he's the greatest player of all time, so we'll just come back. It doesn't work that way in football. Save for the Pats, too. I, I think that the one thing is if you have a great year and make a, a run, 
a lot went right. Like a lot went right. Yeah, there's that, a luck factor. I will I will go back to, to what I've been saying, which is if you think that the 2018 Vikings defensively are going uh, to maintain this type of uh, continuity th- throughout the years and, and not have guys get hurt, you're fooling yourself. Uh, guys get hurt. And, and and I think what Collar told us is Griffin missed, missed the one game. Sandejo missed a few games, in fact, and was suspended for one. And besides that, they haven't had guys miss time. Yeah. And, and if you think about the time, the times that Rhodes has gone down and hobbled off and you thought, uh-oh, and then come back in, those things catch up. So, or where Thielen took a big hit sure. and hobbled off the field and he came back a play later. So, yeah. so the assumption that you're just going to come back in 18 and that everything that went right this year is going to continue to go right is a leap of faith. But also, the incredible thing about this team, they've lost key, key players in Dalvin Cook, Sam Bradford, and then previously Teddy Bridgewater. It's almost like we forget about Dalvin Cook because it's been true. three months. And Bradford, that too. This, that, right, that this team has been able to withstand $20 million worth of big-time offensive performers and push forward as if they haven't had any injuries. Mm-hmm. Actually, they've weathered two huge injuries that would nick, that would knock almost any other team from the perch that the Vikings wound up finishing on. Defensively, though, that that's my point. Defensively, you, you've had a run here where, because if you start, let's say two guys get hurt. I mean, let's say Rhodes gets hurt. That changes the dynamic completely. Harrison Smith completely <laughs> changes things. So you just, if you're a football fan, I think you really need to appreciate when things go, go right. And a year ago, it went completely wrong. So you just have the these years, like 2009 to 10, 16 to, to this year. You just have years where you get breaks and you get luck, and you have some years where nothing ever goes right. Yeah. All right, let's pivot over to uh, the latest on the Reggie Lynch story. If you missed it yesterday, another alleged incident took place in the same 30-day window as the one that's currently been uh, made public and investigated. So he has two different EOAA investigations recommending one suspension and then the second one that came out yesterday publicly expulsion what does all this mean for the go for basketball program why haven't they acted sooner we have answers for that myron medcalf is going to join the show when we come back it's mackie and judd i wrote to the game in his uh truck uh with him because we thought it was going to be his last game you know kind of just reminiscing about old times and uh, so I asked him. I said, uh, "Kid, what do you you know? What are you thinking? This is kind of it, right?" And he goes, "You know, Ryan, I think I might play tonight." <laughs> like, what? Uh, so, yeah, that was a curveball to us all. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh my God, you guys! I am so stoked you are here. You have no idea. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. University's Office of Equal Opportunity and Affirmative Action finds Reggie Lynch responsible for sexual misconduct in an incident dated April 7th of 2016 and that he also violated university rules. The recommended discipline for Lynch is immediate expulsion from the university. Yeah, that was a KSTP report from yesterday. There's another one added to the list. Reggie Lynch being investigated now for a third time in two years. The second ongoing one as we speak right now. And uh, Myron Medcalf, who covers college basketball and other things, you can hear him on ESPN Radio for ESPN, ESPN.com. He's a friend of 1500 ESPN. And it'd be fun if we had. If we figured, you know what, we're going to get Myron on this season a few times to talk about the top 15 Gophers and uh, this program going to another level 
And as it stands, they're just back to being wild E. Coyote, and it's all self-inflicted with this Reggie Lynch investigation. So what are your thoughts? At, do you have any updates on it for our audience? And what are your thoughts on, on uh, what's going to happen here? It seems like he's just going to get kicked off the team after the appeals process plays out. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see what his lawyer has to say this afternoon yeah. in the press conference. But, you know, it, it's really hard for me and I think anyone else to imagine Reggie Lynch playing again. Um even if this somehow turns in his favor. Like, it reminds me of the Brian Bowen situation at, at Louisville. I mean, two separate cases in terms of the accusations, but Brian Bowen is wrapped up in a pay-for-play scheme connected to Rick Pitino, um, you know, and the FBI found that there was no connection, that his parents, his father had been involved, but he hadn't been directly involved in any of this planning related to this $100,000. But Louisville still said, yeah, you can play, but you can't play here because we can't risk. The, the PR hit. Um, I don't see how Reggie Lynch comes back, and I think from there you got to go. Okay, what is the response now to Rick, Richard Pitino and Mark Coyle? Because I think those are the next two pieces in all of this. What did they know and when, and what decisions did they make? Here's the reality: the EOAA rarely, if ever, recommends that any other action is taken against a student in this situation until the process has been completed. So. It is. This is pretty typical in terms of a guy being in a Reggie situation and still playing. If he were just a student, he would still be going to class mm-hmm. uh, pending the conclusion of the process. However, this is still a very high-profile case, and it's his third accusation. And Richard Bettino and Mark Cole will still have to answer the most important question. Why did he play the first two months of the season knowing what was pending against him? And those are the questions uh, we don't have answers to, but I guarantee this week they better hold a press conference or something because more and more people are, are coming to, to investigate this thing from around the country, and they better be prepared for that. And your your thoughts, too, uh, on Coyle. I mean, th- that press conference to me on Friday was as bungled <laughs> as possible. It, the problem here to me is this. This school r- regularly with its athletic department goes through crisis, but they don't handle it. I mean, that yeah. thing on Friday to, to get Myron six questions into it before he before Coyle told you exactly what he could tell you was ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Judd. To, to me, you're better off <laughs> sending out a statement. Yep. Like, you're not going to talk to us. Just put out a statement because I think, Judd, and this is where this is where I think University of Minnesota always has challenges. Right in their minds, they were being transparent. But just because you stand up in a press conference doesn't mean you're being transparent. It, it came off like they were saying, okay, we're, we're, we're hiding behind the process. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that was his intent, but that's how it came off. So it, you could have given something, like tell us something or anything. And they stuck with the whole, this is the process. And when that happens, then other people get to go in big and find out information on their own. And that's the situation they're in. Why weren't we told about the third incident on Friday? Why wasn't this revealed? Like, why weren't we know? Why didn't we know more? Why didn't you, as a school, do more to reveal and be transparent about everything instead of it all coming out this way, where it looks like you had a guy on your roster for a year and a half who was accused of sexual assault three times? Yeah, I, let, let me take a stab. You brought up something really interesting a couple minutes ago. The question of why, if you want to go back a year and a half, you know, how much did everyone know? I think that's a valid question. I think most people behind the scenes are going to say, hey, we didn't know anything until the October 2017 
EOAA investigation. And then to your point from a couple minutes ago, Myron, why did he continue to play from October through this point? And I think I have an answer for that. I want to get your thoughts on this. So because they aren't criminal investigations, these are school investigations, if it was a criminal investigation, players are suspended. That happened initially with the go for a football team a couple years ago. But for non-criminal investigations, the the athletic director can use discretion and suspend um, SEC's fit. So an EOAA investigation can be triggered by one accuser blowing a whistle. And so in the absence of the police being involved and to protect the accused, who also you get to tell your side of the story, they allow the investigative process to play out. Um, until there's a recommendation. I think if the police were involved, there's no chance he would have played October, uh, well, the season started in November and then December, January. That's my distinction. What are your thoughts? I, I think you're absolutely correct um, in terms of if this would have been a criminal case. I mean, in May 2016, when he's arrested uh, on that sexual assault accusation, he's suspended immediately, right? Um, and again, the EOAA process says, wait. I mean, that's the instruction to everybody involved. Is the, is the internal process says, let us do our thing, and then when there's a conclusion, you can go from there. Um, so that is not abnormal at all. But I think the thing to consider and to uh, deal with here is the reality that we are not dealing with anything that is anything close to normal. I mean, this is three accusations in a short time span, and they knew these things, according to what I know, before the season. So I, I think we have to look at this and get away from policy for a second, get away from what could have happened. Was it reasonable to think that the people in charge would have sidelined an individual in that circumstance? I think a lot of people would say yes. Yeah. Even if they didn't know the final result, I think a lot of people would say the best move would be to wait and see what happens before you play a guy, end up in the situation you're in now. So I think this Reggie Lynch situation is very, very unique, uh, given the number of accusations and given his profile. And I think that's how people are looking at this. We understand that it's not like this in typical situations. Right. Switch situations. But this is nothing close to being typical. In, in your mind, then, are uh, Coyle and or Patino in trouble, or, or should they be uh, job-wise given the fact that there is going to be the backlash you just talked about? You know, Judd, we, we watched a, a guy named Tracy Clay's tweet 140 characters. I don't even know if it was 140. And, and that was the end of it. Um, he couldn't escape his connection to the accusations against those 10 players. Now, mind you, five of those guys get cleared at the end of the process. Um, and he didn't survive that. And if you Google Tracy Clay's today, that's one of the first links that comes up. Uh, Richard Pitino is in the same boat, and I think he is going to have a difficult time getting past this idea that he had a guy on his team uh, who started, who was a defensive player of the year, who had these pending cases against him, and everything we know, they knew about this before this season. Uh, after he'd been arrested, all the things that have happened, I don't see how he escapes the scrutiny and the criticism that will come uh, based on what has happened. And, and a lot of it has to do with the school. This is a school that pushed a guy out in Norwood Teague who was accused of sexual harassment and a bunch of his assistants and people around him. This is a school that, you know, Tracy Clay's didn't survive. Yeah. I think this is one of the worst things that could happen to Richard Pitino, and uh, it certainly does not help him extend his 
I think, career and his future here at the University of Minnesota. You know, there's an, we're, we're talking to Myron Medcalf from ESPN. There's a really interesting timeline component here, too, off everything we've been talking about. So Mark Coyle comes in, and, and there was a big choice to be made. Do you keep Richard Pitino? He had a big buyout two years ago, a $7 million buyout. And Eric Kaler called him out in a press conference talking about how the Gopher basketball program needs to clean up its behavior. It's an embarrassment and all these things. And they have spent the last couple of years implementing educational courses, putting players through hours of training and trying to really do a better job cleaning up the behavior of that program and other programs. And it's interesting that the Reggie Lynch incidents that are being investigated took place before Mark Coyle took office in June of 2016. Uh, and so even if behavior has been better the last two years, I just find it really fascinating that incidents from two years ago are biting them and maybe their inability to get out in front of some of these things and being reactive might wind up doing some or all of them in in the end. But but you but you nailed it, not being proactive, right? I mean, we, we've been around this game, fellas, long enough to see coaches and players who've lost their careers off of DUIs, you know, off of, off of things that are not sexual assault accusations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here you have a situation where a guy gets arrested. The university was under no obligation to bring him back after that situation. And they were certainly under no obligation to let him play this season after learning about these accusations in October. What, what makes me, what baffles me so much is that a school like this that has been through so much, that has watched these things play out over the years, at what point do you go, we're not doing that again? And they didn't do it in this case. Instead, they said, okay, let the process play out. When someone, I think, should have been in that room and said, guys, if we let this process play out, it can be very, very bad for everyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe there needs to be a conversation about sidelining Reggie until we know more, but that's not what happened. You mentioned the most important name in this thing, though, that no one's mentioned, and that's Eric Taylor. Where is he? Where is the president of the University of Minnesota as his school is under another, you know, nationally televised scandal? Like, where is he? He wasn't at the press conference. Uh, I think maybe he put out some small statement last week. He did. That, to me, is the guy who should be standing at a press conference today answering a lot of important questions. And and how he survived the the, uh, football scandal I still don't get. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, do you think uh, that Coyle is is suited for this job? And I'm not saying as far as being liked or being a good guy or or being able to raise funds. I'm saying when you look at the requirements for the job of an AD right now and, and the fact that Coyle took a job, good or bad, that is with a school that regularly has crisis-type problems, do you think he's fit for this job? That's a great question, Judd. Um, I, I think he wasn't fit for a press conference. That was maybe the most important uh, moment of this time to date. I think he was brought in to be a savior, and that's not happening. I think we're going to learn more about that question, though, and how he handles this. I think Coyle's job is going to be based on what he does in the coming months and, months and weeks attached to this situation. I think that will be uh, the thing. When the football thing happened, people were were reaching out and saying, man, Minnesota acted so swiftly compared to what other schools have done, compared to what Baylor has done. And now you have this situation, and that's not what what unfolded. So I think we're going to learn more about Coyle as he deals with the most difficult situation he's faced to date. But you better know if you're following Norwood Teague what your assignment is. I felt like that press conference 
uh, he failed that press conference. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy or he's unfit to be the AD, but that was a pivotal moment, and, and I don't think they hit a home run. Uh, I think that was a, a really bad move for the school in terms of how they conducted that, and now they're all eyes on Cole to see what he does next because these coming weeks and months could define Richard Pitino, Mark Coyle, and even Eric Taylor. Yeah, in the face of crisis, people want powerful, strong leadership. They want they want decisiveness, and they want presence. They want someone with, with a strong presence. And even if he can't speak openly about the cases, he didn't deliver on those other aspects that, that strong leaders would. Great stuff from Myron Medcalf, ESPN. We'll catch up soon, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Myron. All right, thank you. Uh, let's come back here. Uh, the Wolves and Oklahoma City Thunder play tonight. Russell Westbrook. One of the most exciting players in the league. And that game is on national TV. Mark Jones will call it, and he'll join us to talk a little Timberwolves when we come back. Later on at the top of the hour, Scott Fujita wrote a story, I believe for Sports Illustrated a few years ago, raving about Mike Zimmer when the Vikings hired him. And there's some things and details in that article that we can now look back on almost four years ago or four years ago that are really, really compelling as we go into the playoffs. We'll get to that at noon as well. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. We're back on 1500 ESPN. I didn't do much yesterday just because, you know, I'm more focused on the guys that are playing uh, more than anything, but he was there. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a short because we're so banged up right now. Uh, but he is there, um, you know, if need be with certain things. Will he practice going forward? I mean, do you yeah. know? That was Richard Pitino yesterday. Uh, we may be catching up with Mark Jones, who's calling the Wolves-Thunder game tonight on ESPN. Wolves have a ridiculous schedule right now, but they just beat the Cavs by, like, 30 points. Knicks so. on Friday, right? Is it Knicks Friday? Knicks coming to town on Friday. They still get a bunch of games against the Rockets and the Warriors coming up, another game against the Cavs. Uh, they've only played Boston one time a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll, uh, we may or may not be talking to him, but just off of the Myron Medcalf conversation... It's going to be really interesting to see how the Richard Patino Mark Coyle fallout takes place. I don't think we should just knee-jerk every time a situation isn't handled perfectly and fire everyone. I think that's a tendency that there's no middle ground. Like there's, It's either you handle something perfectly in the eyes of the public or you don't, and if you don't, then everyone should be fired. Yep. There's never any middle ground of... This could have been handled a little bit better. Not sure we need to fire everyone. We never play around in that middle ground. Yep. Um, but, I mean, these guys, there's still a lot to be determined. It's pretty obvious that they're waiting for the EOAA appeals process to finish up before they kick Reggie Lynch off the team. My guess is learning something from the 10 football players suspended two years ago, and five of them actually won their appeals. Mm-hmm. So if if the criminal investigation either doesn't exist because it never started in the first place or if it's over and now it's just a school investigation, both sides do deserve to tell their story and present their evidence. And Reggie Lynch's lawyer is going to speak sometime in the next couple hours. I believe he was scheduled to talk at like 1 o'clock. But if I had to predict, I think he loses the appeal, he gets kicked off the team, and if that's the case, I'm going to have no problem with it. Right or wrong, my my starting point as far as fallout here does not start with uh, Patino. I could see how he certainly could be impacted in a huge way, but where I think this conversation should should start is Coyle and Kaler. And Myron brings up a great point. Where is Kaler? Where I mean, this is a guy who, who when the football scandal uh, came down, we talked about quite a bit. 
And, and at that time, I said, I don't understand how he's keeping his job. When Norwood Teague is a complete creeper and did what Norwood Teague does and you hired him, that's on you. And so for us now to be sitting here again with something else, and by the way, guess what? Eric Kaler was very much in place when Lynch was on campus doing th- these things. And if you if you want to absolve him, I guess you can. But in my mind, he is one of the most important things, and I don't care if he likes us or not, but one of the most important things on Kaler's plate is athletics. It makes you a ton of money. It's the, it's the window to your franchise. And for him to be skating on this is ridiculous. The coil thing that intrigues me is I felt that when the football thing came down that we gave him a little bit of a pass in. Well, he's still pretty new, and he's acted here, and he seems skittish about this, but he's new. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Well, he's not new now. And so, really, I think where the starting point of the leadership for the school and where this discussion needs to start is the president and AD. And it, and Patino could get uh, caught up in the wash. I get that. But I don't think he's the starting point, Phil. I think we do have to ask— where is the president of this school when once again all hell is breaking loose? Yeah, but again, if you're Mark Coyle, let's you know put yourself in the shoes of these different key pieces. If you're Mark Coyle, you're going to say two things when it pertains to the as it pertains to the Reggie Lynch case. Number one, you're going to say we didn't know anything. There's a year and a half gap here from when the two incidents, April of 2016, occurred. And when they were reported, that's the area I want to know more about. I want to know more about, okay, what, what, there's a, there's a gap. This, this took place in April, 2016. It was investigated for the first time officially by the school Mm -hmm. a year and a half later in October of 2017. Mm -hmm. What was known about Reggie Lynch behind the scenes during that period? Did, did the alleged victims not come forward to the school? For eighteen months, it's. I mean, and that's that's a personal decision that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna attempt to decipher what's going on in the brain of an alleged accuser. Right, but but what I'm saying here is is so far the way that, that this has been, has played out, and the presser on Friday, Coyle's given me no confidence. That's my point. My point is the football thing. He see he seemed to be. He did not seem completely prepared for that, and we all said he gets a pass because he basically just got on the the job on June 1st. Well, he's not new now, and for that press conference on Friday to have been that bad, and for, I think, everybody across the board to say, my faith in in what they're doing at the school is zero, that's that's what I find to be damning because you can raise funds all you want, and, and Mark Coyle might be a really good guy, as I said before, and he might be popular with people, but if you don't have the ability to go to a podium in that job and basically calm people down in this day and age of that job, you are not effective. Yeah, and, a, and that's a big deal. It, it felt like they might as well had a, have had a robot, like, auto-tuned voice reading out of a manual. Yes. Right? They would have, like Myron said, they would have been better off with a press release and the headline, Reggie Lynch is suspended. Because this is the the only thing that we can tell you, and the only thing that matters. There's no question about that. Yes. And um, now we're gonna we're gonna watch as this thing plays out. Again, my prediction is, and this is, the, if if Reggie Lynch can't bring key evidence in defense of himself, if if he if if there's there's a ton of smoke here, which means there's probably almost certainly fire. Um, if he can't bring key evidence in defense of himself, he's gonna get kicked off the team because he's gonna lose the appeals process, and I believe that's what the athletic department. Is waiting for six five one six four six eight two five five 
Steve, you're on the show. Hey, guys. Hey, Jed, can you envision Gene Smith at Ohio State rolling into a press conference without an opening statement and then just kind of haphazardly taking questions and not answering virtually any of them? Absolutely not. I mean, that just reeks of lightweight. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it just, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. Number two, I was kind of shocked. If you, if you read between the lines when it comes to what Myron Metcalf just said, mm-hmm. I, unless, I, unless I misread it, it he, he's suggesting that Patino's job could be in big time jeopardy, you know. As to Coyle, who knows? Uh, to me, I'd be shocked. But you know, the question: What did you know, and when did you know it? And given the Harvey Weinstein and all this other crap that's happened in the last six months, everywhere around the country, uh, it doesn't look good. That Steve, you just hit on another really important. We got we got into this on on Monday show a little bit, but um, there's never a good time to, right. to 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 you know to commit sexual misconduct or something uh, worse, but. You know, when when all eyes are on this particular topic, people get held accountable much more aggressively than maybe five years ago. Well, and especially at a university, at least, you know, from a from a perception standpoint is known to be super liberal. Not that, you know, not that if you're a conservative, you you want people getting raped. But you know what I mean? So it's just I mean, I would have never thought that his job would be in jeopardy. I'm kind of shocked that Metcalf went down that line. Not that I'm suggesting he, he could be he's wrong. Who knows? But, uh, boy, you know, who knows? There, there may be one team in the Big Ten that will win less games in the conference, so that will be the Hawkeyes. Your Hawkeyes are not good. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Sorry, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't I, – I need to know more. I, I don't – I can't sit here and say with the same confidence as Myron Medcalf that Richard Pitino and Mark Coyle's jobs are in jeopardy. I think if these incidents had taken place after Mark Coyle arrived and after they implemented a bunch of different policies – they're both going to be able to say, "Hey, listen," and maybe the, and and maybe they're stretching the truth on this. I don't know, but they'd be able to say, "Listen, this stuff took place two years ago. Uh, we just didn't know the investigations didn't begin until October, and you know we didn't know it was a year and a half. We didn't know because no one came forward, and there were no investigations." Myron's point though uh, was also good in that he said, "It's now what what's really going to define this now is from here forward," because okay. You got the the first EOAA report came out last week. Now there's report two. So so does Coyle go back to a podium prepared now? So I think I think if they bungle this one and and look like Keystone cops again, it's a real problem. You have to look like you have some semblance of control. Right now, nobody does. Right now, but I'm telling you. I think it should start with the president. I think it should start with Kaler. This is your school, and and you cannot, as a president of a major university like this, you cannot distance yourself from athletics. Your football and basketball programs are two of the most important things going. They have huge funds. You're building buildings all over campus, and people nationally observe you or see you through that window. Yeah. So if you're going to be, if you're not doing a thing, that's your problem and you should have to answer for it. But they are doing, but th- this is what he would say. Hey, I hired Mark Coyle to, to clean up the behavior of our athletic department. And he started in June of 2016. These incidents took place before he started. That's a very, very key distinction in the timeline. That, I'm with you. Yes. Everyone's gonna. I'm totally with you on that. And I, and and another thing that we brought up earlier in the show. It's it's worthy of mentioning again right now. For and six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We'd love your thoughts out there uh, if you want to chime in on this. 
People are asking, well, why wouldn't you kick him off the team if there were two open investigations that started in October, and he already had a criminal investigation that that turned up um, even with the school investigation for the first one. He got cleared. Oh, yeah, yes. And, and, and it's because the last time this happened, five football players won their appeals. So in an EOAA investigation, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Judd, it can be triggered, a school investigation, by any student any alleged victim coming forward and saying, yes. listen, I have a complaint it's against this criminal. person. Correct. So in order to protect, so it's not guilty until proven innocent. Yes. In order to protect the, in this case, uh, the accused. Yep. And it's not to say that he's not, that he's not in the wrong, but it's yep. to say, hey, we have to go through a thorough process and investigation and hear both sides of the story mm-hmm. before we kick him off the basketball team, unless they know of several instances well, and there's just too much smoke and, it's and there lo- has to be fun. And it's looking like that now because we, we got the, the report that came out last week and now the, the one that came out on Monday. Here's the difference. What you're saying makes perfect sense, but there's a very important thing at work in, in this climate. It's really at work right now. And that's perception. That's perception. When you are running an athletic program, perception's very important. And the perception I think right now from the fan base is one, you don't have control and two, it seems like you're either being evasive or hiding things. And that perception in 2018 is a huge deal. So our phones are blowing up a little bit here. We'll get to your thoughts, the audience, 651-646-8255, Just real quick, a word for one of the loyal sponsors of the Mackie and Judd Show and of the Touch em All Twins podcast as well, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. One of the cool things about Luther Brookdale Toyota If you have a used vehicle and you've been thinking about selling it and you want to know what the value of your vehicle is, you can go in, you can get an appointment on the spot in as little as 15 minutes, an appraiser will give you a no-strings-attached value on your vehicle. And then from there, you can either say, thank you, appreciate it, talk to you guys later. No, Again, no-strings-attached, no charge. Or you can go forward with the process of maybe getting a check in your hands from Luther Brookdale Toyota. Uh, There's no obligation to purchase from them or to lease from them. You could also, if you want, maybe you trade in your vehicle and you get into a brand new 2018 Camry or RAV4. It's really easy to sell your used vehicle and even just to find out what the value is by stopping in on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackey and Judd. Also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash. 5K and 10 miles Saturday, March 24th. Bring your Lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden live DJ photo booth and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is open now. All runners will receive a Storm Creek long sleeve quarter zip technical pullover. Details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events. All right, thank you, Dave. Mike Golick Jr. will join us in about 25 minutes, talk some more Vikings and football-y football things. But we want to hear from you on this Reggie Lynch story that took another twist and turn yesterday, that he's being uh, not only investigated for another alleged incident, but the recommendation is expulsion from the University of Minnesota's EOAA office. 
and now he has two appeal. I'm assuming it's two separate appeal hearings for both cases. It would be. He'd have to win both of them to play again this year. Correct. So he's going to lose at least once. He's probably going to lose both of them just with all the smoke here. And that's my that's this is my prediction that he's just he's never going to play again for the Gophers. He's going to get kicked out of school, and that's going to be. Uh, the right decision based on all the information we know. But let's get some phone calls here. 651-646-8255. David, you're on the show. Good morning. Uh, I would preface things by saying that I don't believe that he should have been thrown out of school uh, prior to his the, the process being complete. Um, he has the right to appeal, and that's fine. The area in which I think that the administration has fallen short is that they stood up there at that dais, at that podium, and said, you know, we're going to let this play out. We, he's, he's got uh, the option of, of trying to um, seek redress. And the problem is that they knew that there was a second bombshell coming. And so they set the terms for his suspension. A suspension can mean whatever they want it to mean. Two days later, Rick Pitino is saying, yes, he was practicing more short bodies. He's going to be helping us. Well, he knew that there was another bomb coming. He knew that he was going to be on the court wearing gopher colors and representing the team in some context. All they had to do was suspend the young man and say, until this is settled, he is still an enrolled student at our institution but he will not be taking part in any basketball uh, activities. Mm-hmm. And David, you're talking at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm talking since the the meeting a week ago, last week, or the the press conference uh, that happened last week. They said, you know, we have a situation here. He is going to uh, have to. He he's going to be suspended. Uh, and they knew that a, a second suspension or a second situation was coming. They knew about that report at that time. So why are they allowing him on the court at practice? Yeah, uh, good questions. Two answers to those. They knew, I'm 99% sure, Mark Coyle, when he, after six questions, announced that Reggie Lynch was going to be suspended going forward. Yep. Even though... Our perception of that press conference was that there was only one open investigation. They knew there were two. Yep. They suspended him knowing that there was an expulsion recommendation on the table. I'm I'm 99% sure on that. It's just speculation, but I I mean, they knew about it, so that's that went into their thinking. Mm-hmm. Why was he allowed to practice and why has he been allowed to practice? I mean, that's you know, he's a, he's going to be an enrolled student and until he gets his appeals hearing. The main goal is for him to not represent on national TV or in a packed arena the Golden Gopher basketball team. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fine with him going to class and practicing until his appeal hearing is complete. And then after that, he won't be allowed to do any of it. He won't be allowed to, to walk on campus. They are trying to walk an incredibly fine line of being concerned about the basketball program, being concerned, I'm sure, about the the potential for fallout from a legal point of view, and also being very concerned about perception. And that's it. The, the problem with this school is I feel like when things uh, like this take place, and this has been the case for years, they hold their breath and just hope. Like, what are what are you thinking, to Mark's point, what are you thinking going up to that podium on Friday, knowing full well that, that the EOAA has just returned a second report now, which technically is a third one, about Lynch, that's dated January 3rd or 4th, and you're up there on January 5th, and you're holding your breath, hoping to God that that's not discovered for as long as possible. 
the li- this to me is a conversation that also includes the big picture lack of being proactive, lack of having an actual game plan. They are always, and this is not just this case, it seems to me like this school athletically is always reacting. You never feel like, when's the last time that something happened with the school sports-wise in a crisis uh, type of, of deal? Yeah. I, where, I, where you said to yourself, you know what, that was really proactive. Sure, but again, like it sounds like I'm sitting here, def- I'm with you 80% of the way here. I don't think legally Mark Coyle can come out and say specifically, oh, you guys don't know this, but there's a second investigation that just came down the pipe, and we have a recommendation for expulsion. I don't think... Now, once it's... That's the thing. What what, what here? They based their suspension of him off of Mark Coyle's uh, discretion. So Mark Coyle took all the information from the EOAA reports and recommendations, and then decided, now if it's a police investigation, the process dictates that those players are suspended until that's finished. Yep. Um, I think he would tell you, hey, we, we just can't, I mean, we, we, we can't. But to, my, uh, but to Myron's point then, why not come out with a three-paragraph statement? Yeah. Which, I, yeah. which as you just said, carries the headline, Lynch suspended from basketball games immediately, mm-hmm. and then says there's a lot we can't tell you, but what we can tell you is the EOAA has I- issued this report and we are being proactive here. Instead, it looks like now you got up there on Friday and bumbled your way through that, and we're hiding something. Yeah, uh, 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in. Mark, you got about 45 seconds or so, Mark. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was listening to your guys' conversation with Myron earlier and been following uh, since this happened last week. Um, I think the thing that perturbs me the most, and you guys were touching on it, it's just like with, with a press conference, why why even bother having it? And there was one thing that stuck out to Mark Coyle mentioning multiple times that, you know, student athlete, like student first, and it's like, well, then, okay, w- what are you doing up there? And, like, like Myron said, why why not Eric Kaler be there then if you're going to say this guy is a student first, athlete second? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we all, Mark. It's a good. It's a good phone call. I think we all have a just a a bad feeling about Mark Coyle's ability to command a room. You know, that's that's a problem. That's a part of this. Yes, it's a problem. I know Most there's a lot of other of things that go into it. If you're a great fundraiser behind the scenes, but. When there's a big moment or a crisis of some kind, and everyone around, all of the stakeholders, boosters, fans, coaches, players, media, mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. all of the stakeholders are looking at you. And you might not be able to tell everyone everything that you want to tell them, but you can at least be more present and powerful as a leader. And it just feels like he kind of wilts when the cameras go well, on. And that's, have, that's, the, that's the vibe he puts out there.